Welcome to Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. Hook, Line, and Splitter is presented by NJR Home Services. And now, here's your host, Greg Giambarisi. Welcome, everybody, to Hook, Line, and Splitter, episode 21. I'm Greg Giambarisi. Hook, Line, and Splitter, as always, a Jersey Shore Blue Cross podcast presented by NJR Home Services, your New Jersey heating and cooling experts, bringing you high heat and cool savings. Today's guest is none other than Griff McGarry, the Phillies' fifth-round pick in this year's draft out of the University of Virginia, and he's the first member of the 2021 Phillies draft class to reach the Blue Claws. McGarry made three starts with Jersey Shore, 13 and a third inning, seven hits, four runs. He walked seven. He struck out 21 in those three starts, and we'll talk to him about the conclusion to his collegiate career at the University of Virginia, uh, how close he was to coming out after his junior year last year, why he decided to stay in Charlottesville one more year, uh, his start to his career with the Phillies growing up in Northern California and who were his baseball influences and, uh, and much more. So we'll do that uh, with Griff coming up here in just a few minutes. Blue Claws wrapped up their season on September 19th. That was Sunday in Brooklyn, a 3-1 to win to close it out. Uh, nice finish to the year. Ended up splitting the final six games of the season. 2022 schedule is out April 8th will be the opener against the Aberdeen Ironbirds. We'll do more on that on the the flip side, but we want to get to Griff first, so let's do that. Our feature interview today with Blue Claws pitcher Griff McGarry. Rich Green Lawns is the leading lawn and fertilization company of the Jersey Shore. We provide lawn, non-turf, tick, mosquito, tree, and shrub programs. Now is the time to think about core aerating and seeding. Call today at 732-370-5963. So without further ado, episode 21 of Hook, Line, and Splitter with Griff McGarry. First member of the Phillies 2021 draft class to reach high A Jersey Shore, Griff McGarry, who joins us today. Griff, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. So three starts with uh, the Blue Claws to finish up what's been a long uh, 2021 for you. Start with the the games here. Overall, I think, how do you, uh, overall, how do you think you went? Um, I'm really enjoying it up here so far. Um, I really like the the guys that are up here and, and the coaching staff. And um, yeah, it's been it's been a really um, exciting past few weeks. And uh, you know, I'm happy happy to be up with the Blue Claws. First game was in Aberdeen a couple of weeks, uh, two Thursdays ago. Five scoreless, nine strikeouts. Was that about as, as good as you felt in your pro? Uh, in your obviously not that many, but in your limited pro outings. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I felt felt pretty good out there that day, and um, yeah, just felt felt really comfortable, and um, definitely was a, a good way to start my my career with the Blue Claws. Was that a goal of yours uh, after you signed and got going down in Florida to to kind of make it to high A this this summer here? Um, I think it was it's more to just uh, you know do the do the best I could, and you know whatever happened happened. Um, for me, I think just regardless of what, what, what level, uh, just competing and doing the best I can. Um, cause I think that's, that's the most important thing. So what was the draft process like for you? Obviously the draft is a bit later this year than it had been in previous years. Last year was a totally different situation, but draft is a little bit later. You guys are playing at UVA all the way through, uh, almost to the very end of the, of the college world series. So what was that 
draft process like? Because there wasn't that much time from when your collegiate season ended until you heard your name called. Yeah, yeah. It was a, a little bit different this year, um, especially with regards to communication with, with uh, scouts um, and everything, just because of, of COVID, um, kind of some, some regulations that we had to follow, but protocols and stuff. Um, so it was a, l- a little bit different leading up to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was nice in a way because, you know, you, I think players were able to fo- focus on, you know, finishing up their, their high school seasons and their, their college seasons, um, and, and, you know, not have the draft necessarily in the, the back of their head. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, um, an interesting, interesting year. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, a a little bit nice because you know you're able to really focus on on finishing out um where you were at where if i if i asked you before the draft to give me a list of three teams that might take you would the phillies have been on that list or do they kind of come out of left field uh a little little bit out of left field um but you know i'm definitely really excited that that the phillies selected me um you know obviously uh you know very successful organization and I'm really happy to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't what I expected, but it was definitely a very pleasant surprise. Where were you watching the draft? Uh, I was actually at home. I was with my family. Uh, we were all just uh, hanging out in Cal- our, our living room. California. Um, yeah. Sorry. Excuse me. Back in California. Um, just kind of hanging out in our, our living room, um, watching, watching it go by, just enjoying it. So did they call the Phillies called you a couple of picks before, they were up. So it was actually interesting. Uh, I, I did not get a call. I think um, there were a few other teams that were, were interested in you know, heading into the fifth round. And um, I'd heard a little bit from, from them, but I actually hadn't heard until my name was called uh, on the TV. That's how I found out, which is actually pretty cool, I guess. But um, yeah, a little bit unexpected. But then um, I was able to uh, connect with the, our, our area scout uh, just after that. Um, Kellen and um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was cool. And then also spoke with my agent shortly after and um, just a, definitely a really fun day. I got to spend it with family and um, just, uh, you know, one, one of the better days of my life for sure. Yeah. I mean, life, lifelong dream, obviously to play professional baseball. So put it into words, what was it like for you? What was it like for your family when, uh, when they see your name come on the screen and you hear your name called? Yeah. In all honesty, it's, it's pretty surreal. Um, you know, that's something that I've, I've dreamed about since I was, you know, five years old, since I first started playing baseball. So uh, to, to finally see, see that come to fruition, just, um, you know, it, it really, really was a special day and, you know, it's something I'll, I'll never forget. So grew up in California, how did you end up at UVA in Charlottesville in the first place? Yeah. So I had, uh, I'd always been a little bit interested in Virginia um, and, Actually, after the 2014 and 2015 College World Series runs, uh, I, I really kind of put them in the back of my head saying, you know, this is a place that I'd, I'd want to go to school. Um, I felt like it was a, a great fit for me uh, academically and also athletically. Um, I wanted to play at a, a bigger school that, you know, had a chance at winning a national championship. And, um, you know, that, that was obviously a big focus, but I also wanted to go to a school that I could get a, a great degree from and um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have been able to uh, get my degree, finish up there, and then also, uh, also, you know, experience the College World Series. And 
um, yeah, you know, I definitely love my time there and, uh, it was pretty far from home, but, uh, definitely worth, worth going out there. So last year, you're draft eligible. It's a five round draft. It's kind of chaotic. Obviously, unfortunately, your season had gotten shut down two, two and a half months before the draft itself. Was there a point where you thought you might sign with somebody? You might get drafted? I mean, how close were you uh, after that draft was over to, to going pro at that time? Yeah, yeah, there were, uh, there were, there's a little bit, a little bit of interest uh, heading into it. And, um, you know, I, I felt like, you know, look after afterwards, looking back on it, I was, I was a little bit on the cusp, um, of kind of like rounds three to five, um, at that point. And, um, you know, just things didn't really work out, but, um, you know, in what, in one regard, it didn't work out, but in another, you know, it did because I was able to go back to Virginia and get my degree and, um, you know, ex- experience a college world series and just have another year there. So, um, you know, there, there was definitely a, a silver lining to it. And um, there's a little, little bit of interest, but, uh, you know, things just didn't go in that direction. So, um, but well, I'm very happy with, with the way it's worked out this year. Yeah. And obviously you play your, you play your way back up into the top five rounds. I know the end of the uh, end of the season was unbelievable for you. So you took a no hitter into the seventh, right. Against Dallas Baptist in the super regional mm-hmm. and then into the eighth in what was your final start against uh, Mississippi State, who eventually would win the national title in uh, in the College World Series? Did, did you ever had you ever had two two like that back to back before? Two great starts like that back to back. I actually uh, I've had uh, two solid starts back to back, but nothing of nothing in that realm with the the no hitters. Um, but yeah, just uh, just wanted to you know compete for my for my team and and you know get us to the next game and. Um, yeah, you know, it was definitely a, a great time to, <laughs> to have an outing like that. And, um, yeah, I haven't, haven't, uh, had a no hitter at that level, but, um, definitely, you know, was, was pretty cool coming close to it. Who was, so growing up in California, who was a pitcher that you liked to watch when you were younger in high school or younger in high school when, uh, when you were growing up? Yeah. Um, so a big one when I was younger was Tim Lincecum. Um, that was going to be my guess. Yeah, yeah. Just growing up in the Bay Area, he was, yeah. you know, uh, I was able to see him pitch a few times as a, as a little kid and just obviously electric stuff. You know, a really, really fun guy to watch. Um, you know, more, more in high school, I started to watch uh, Walker Bueller. Um, you know, I followed his career at Vanderbilt and then, you know, with the Dodgers a little bit. Um, I really liked him. Uh, I was a huge Scherzer fan as well. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's pretty cool. Cause I, I've, uh, you know, once I got to high school, I became more of a, like I followed individual guys as opposed to one certain team. Um, so yeah, those were definitely some of the guys that, you know, I tried to model my game after or, you know, pick up cues from. When, um, you know, obviously we saw you here, and we've watched it here with the, with the blue claws, you can really crank it up uh, with a fastball. Has that always been a strength for you? Has that developed over time? Was that something that they emphasized when you were in college? How did you build your arm up and your delivery up to the point where you can get it up into the upper nineties now on a relatively regular basis? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I was, I was a, a little bit of a late bloomer um, in high school. 
Um, I always had a, a pretty solid arm. Uh, I played a lot of middle infield, didn't really pitch that much in high school until my junior year. Um, and so uh, I always had like kind of a, a good arm from shortstop and, um, you know, it correlated a little bit on the mound. And, uh, you know, the more the more I started to pitch, I think I uh, started to see slight little jumps. And then uh, this past year, I really, really saw a big, big jump in velocity um, where where as to where I was around, uh, kind of low to mid nineties, um, you know, touching occasional, uh, high nineties, but I think I've been a little bit more consistent now. And, um, you know, with the Phillies, I think too, um, you know, just with the, the, the professional strength, uh, and conditioning regimen, I think that will, will definitely help a lot too. And hopefully I'll be able to continue that. Was that, was that stuff that, they emphasize that UVA or you just think it kind of developed naturally as, as you grew older and stronger? I think, I think it kind of developed naturally as I grew older and stronger. Um, at UVA, there's definitely a, a, an emphasis on um, more, more, so, more so on competing and, and being able to, uh, you know, command the ball, command the zone. And, um, you know, I think that's really important because that's something that you need to establish as a pitcher, um, you know, in order to be successful. And um, so, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't as much an emphasis on below there, but um, yeah, I think that was just something that kind of came over time a little bit. So um, what, what have you been kind of working on with the Phillies or have they just kind of let you develop a little bit and then they'll get you going back in either instructional league or in spring training? Because obviously it's been a relatively quick uh, time here for you. you were, I think you signed on, July 16th, you're in a game on August 6th. You're in your first game in high A on September 3rd. So everything's kind of happened pretty quickly. Have, have they worked on anything with you or they just kind of want to let you pitch and then kind of observe and we'll, uh, we'll make a few tweaks in the fall. Yeah. Uh, you know, th there's definitely been a little bit of instruction just here and there through, throughout bullpens, but um, I think, I think a lot of my, my development will come um, in uh, heading into instructs. Um, which will be, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about get to um, hopefully develop some, some more pitches and, um, you know, hone in on, on some, some of the pitches that I have. And yeah, I'm uh, really looking forward to that. And, you know, I know um, there'll be a lot of, a lot of staff there and, and guys there that will, will really help me out with that. So um, yeah, it's been a, a little, little bit of both. I'd say. It's coming up pretty soon. Uh, yeah. Are you going back to California? For a little while, uh, I'm not actually. Uh, Are you going straight down? To, uh, yeah, yeah. I was planning to stop in Virginia and on the way. Oh, nice. Um, and yeah, maybe get like a workout or two in yeah. there. Very cool. So. so we talked about your fastball. Give us um, your off-speed stuff. What do you consider your best off-speed pitch, and how have they developed over the last few years? Yeah, so I think um, playing off my fastball, I think my my slider plays pretty well. Um, that's, that's one of my, one of my go-to pitches. I think, um, I, I like throwing it in, uh, you know, I can throw it early in the count and also later, um, in the count, especially when I get ahead. Um, so I, yeah, definitely use my slider a lot. And then I also have a, a change up and curveball. Um, and those are two pitches that I think can always kind of be in development. Um, you know, I definitely, I, I want to focus on that, especially heading into the off season. Um, cause I think those are, are two really important pitches as a, as a starting pitcher, um, to, to really develop and, and, and 
um, have confidence in. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, especially during instructs, um, you know, kind of working on my off speed a lot and, um, you know, hopefully making some good strides with that. Best hitter you faced in college? Ooh, that's a tough Which question. Honestly. Yeah, that is a tough <laughs> question. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, you know, one one that always always uh, gave me a tough time was uh, Adrian Del Castillo from uh, Miami. He just a, a real natural hitter, um, and he always either you know battled the count. Um, and, you know, fought off pitches and then, uh, you know, he'd always put the ball in play. So, um, he was definitely a, a tough hitter to face and you know, I got to face him a few times during the, the regular season in college and then also in the summer. So, yeah. Diamond, the Diamondbacks took him in the competitive balance round this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to keep you appreciate a few minutes. Uh, thank you so much. Congrats on uh, a great start to your professional career and best of luck this fall in, uh, instructional league and maybe we'll see you back here in the spring definitely thank you so much thanks to griff mcgarry for a few minutes here on hook line and splitter episode 22 i think i said 21 before but no this is uh, episode 22 hook line and splitter presented by njr home services your new jersey heating and cooling experts bringing you high heat and cool savings earlier this week the phillies handed out some hardware the paul owens award for the best pitcher and the best hitter in the Phillies minor league system over the course of the season. Bryson Stott, a no-surprise winner as the the, uh, hitter of the year in the Phillies system. Of course, you remember him with the Blue Claws hit 288, five homers in April, 22 games. He was promoted after the third series of the season, uh, all his up up to double-A Reading, where he finished the year, had an excellent season um, between double-A and triple-A, hit 294, 15 homers, drove in 46, Almost slugged 500, had a 381 OBP. It was an excellent year for Bryson Stott, uh, 14th overall pick in the 2019 draft out of UNLV. And, of course, he could be pushing for time with the big Phillies coming up in 2022. The pitcher of the year was Gene Cabrera, a right-hander from the Dominican Republic who had been pitching in the uh, Dominican Summer League where he had a 1.370 ERA in 11 starts and is a guy that you could see – with the Blue Claws, if not at the beginning of next year, at some point next summer here at the Jersey Shore. The 2022 Blue Claws schedule was released last week. Actually, it was released on Monday the 13th of June, the day after the last home game uh, for the Blue Claws, which was uh, not June, (laughs) September, which was uh, the day after the last Blue Claws home game. Obviously, uh, they... Uh, we couldn't release <laughs> during the last series for whatever the reason. So um, April 8th is the opener against Aberdeen. The schedule looks pretty similar to what uh, the schedules have looked, the schedule looked like in 2021, where you have mostly six game series. There are a couple of exceptions to that. One is the beginning of the season where the blue Claws will open on Friday, April 8th against Aberdeen, a three game series, and then just have play a series of six game sets all the way through until July 22nd. So uh, July 18, 19, 20, 21, those will be days off. And then a three-game series with Brooklyn, July 22, 23, and 24. So essentially what they're doing is they're taking a break in the minor leagues next year to coincide with the break that they're giving uh, with the Major League Baseball All-Star break. So there's no you know, competition with, with anything for their showcase events, Home Run Derby, which would be Monday the 18th, and then 
the All-Star game, which would be Tuesday the 19th of July. So essentially the Blue Claws will play two three-game series to make up what would have been a six-game series without the break. 66 home games, 132 games overall. Uh, the Blue Claws will be home four of the last six weeks of the season, which wraps up on Sunday, September 11th. So the final home series of this year of uh, 22, the same as 21, the six days following Labor Day. The only difference, of course, is that this year in 2021, the season continued a week on the road in Brooklyn. But next year, uh, it will be just uh, th- that'll be it. The, the final day of the season is Sunday September the 11th. But Friday, April 8th is the open. I think it's great to open the season on a Friday. For years, it had been a Thursday. This year, because of the quirks with the schedule, it was a Tuesday, but I think you got to give the Major League Baseball folks credit there um, for making a little tweak and letting everybody open up on a Friday. I think that'll be very, uh, very good for everybody. So looking forward to that. Friday, April 8th will be... The opener, no times yet, but obviously that'll be a night game at some time. Uh, so that'll be a night game on Friday, April 8th. Can't wait. Uh, you know, it's The season ended on Sunday, and then Monday was actually 200 days until opening day. So we, um, as I said before, you know, we're not going to be done with this podcast now that the season is over. We're going to keep going. And one of the episodes I'd like to do is kind of a schedule thing with somebody from Major League Baseball, if we can get them on um, on to talk. So we'll, we'll do that. Uh, Phillies have Instructional League that will open, uh, I believe, next week, uh, the 27th or so of September down in Clearwater. Uh, Josh Bonifay, who was the Phillies farm director, was let go. So they're in the process of, of doing a search um, for that position. We'll see what happens there. And um, the, the big Phillies are obviously in a, in a pennant race, a couple of games behind the Braves with uh, a little less than two weeks left in the 2021 regular season. So that'll wrap up here with us, episode, 2020, episode 22 of Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast, which, of course, is presented by NJR Home Services, your New Jersey heating and cooling experts bringing you high heat and cool savings we thank blue claws pitcher griff mcgarry for a few minutes and as we said you know he might be a guy that we see at the end of, at the beginning of 2022 back here in high a with the blue claws congratulations to bryson stott and gene cabrera the winners of the paul owens award uh, as we noted earlier today so we're not done with this we're going to keep going we'll, we'll probably keep going and throughout you know through the off season have a little fun with it uh as best we can but hook line and splitter Episode 22 is in the books. I'm Greg Jamborisi. Have a wonderful day, everybody, and stay tuned for our next episode. You can always visit blueclaws.com slash podcast or subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 22, Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast presented by NJR Home Services. Have a wonderful day, everybody. See you on April 8th, First Energy Park.